You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, breathing, breezy, brave brigade of brains brachiating into brilliance. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 181, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your branch of brabbling braggadocios who brunch on breadsticks and brandies at brasseries. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And uh, no Chris this week. He is off in Boston at the Penny Arcade Expo, but... He actually recorded something for us. We can't keep him down. We can't keep him, yeah. And he specifically told me not to listen to it first. Um, And so I'm playing this blind. And I don't know what it is. So here I'm going to play it and we'll see what it is. All right. Hello, my fellow Good Job Brainers, and hello to you, home audience. I am not present for the recording sessions this week because I am on the east coast of these great United States visiting the PAX East Gaming Convention in Boston. But I didn't want to leave you without some trivia, so I would like to tell you about a famous building in downtown Boston. It's technically called the Berkeley Building, but everyone knows it as the old John Hancock Building, since it used to be the offices of the John Hancock Insurance Company. It's a 26-story office building designed with a vertical column of bright lights in its spire. This is actually a weather beacon, and the specific pattern of lights tells you uh, about the coming weather, and you can see it for miles around. The beacon can display red and blue lights, either solid or flashing, and you can remember what what pattern means what weather by using the following mnemonic. Steady blue, clear view. Flashing blue, clouds do. Steady red, rain ahead. Flashing red, snow instead. Now, here's a trivia question. If you were to look up and see the old Hancock Tower's weather beacon flashing alternating red and blue lights, what would that mean? Here's a hint for you. Over the last 15 years, this has happened three times. Okay. I'm guessing it's something that hasn't been talked about. Thunder? thunderstorms they've lightning, had no lightning storms? they've had thunder and lightning in boston hurricane um, flashing blue was cloudy cloud. flashing blue was cloud. and what was flashing red was snow so, so i mean sleet sleet this seems like Hail? boston i i mean i well, that seems hard to believe time. that would only have happened three times in boston over I think it's oh. something really exotic. What was that molasses flood or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> it's molasses. <laughs> right. That's right. Right. It's frozen molasses. Yeah. Right. Mm. Well, the thing is, it's supposed to be an indicator. Yeah. So if you're at home and you see it, I mean, yeah. I feel like if it's hailing, it's like, well, yeah, I see ice cubes falling yeah. from the sky. Mm. I don't really need lights to tell me what it is. Tornado. Flood or mud. There, does it, I don't think there's tornadoes in that part of the that's the what tree. i'm saying i think it's got to be something that's really that's rare. rare if it only happens i know what it is i know what it is three times in the last 15 years it's the red Sox win the world series uh, oh, it must be yeah. it's not a weather related event at all okay. that's my guess okay hold on 
So, do you think you have it? To recap, I asked, what does it mean when the lights on the top of the old Hancock building are flashing blue and red, with the hint that this has happened three times in the last 15 years? The answer? The lights flash blue and red when the Boston Red Sox win the World Series. You got it! Did you get it? Our Boston listeners probably knew. Thanks for playing, everybody, and I'll see you when I get back. Gives me a, a shame that he's like he was an adult when Carmen San Diego was because <laughs> that was like a perfect clue for a Carmen totally, San Diego TV show totally. thing. He's got that voice and everything. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris, and, and I know you're having fun uh, working and parading your baby around at Penny Arcade Expo. I'm sure he's <laughs> getting a lot of love. Very exciting news you know this is kind of a an excuse why we've been a little bit spotty in our recording uh it's a very Mm -hmm. busy month for us not only was my laptop stolen but more importantly (laughs) with good news we have been working on the good job brain book yeah i think we made some social posts and it's Mm -hmm. on the blog but listener if you're you know you don't read any of those things well we're telling you now we uh got a book deal from ulysses publishing our deadline is very soon yeah it's shaping up yeah it is good yeah i've got like three pages written i'm feeling pretty good you're gonna knock out the the next 50 yeah yeah it's gonna be fine yeah (laughs) yeah no it is very exciting and it is a lot of work stressful and fun and uh exhilarating all at the same time i know we're i mean this is my first time ever publishing a book not for chris Chris yeah published old hat for chris yeah he's like i'm a professional writer whatever (laughs) but it's very exciting regardless so the number one question we get is so what's in the book oh how would you answer that oh you're putting me on the spot here well uh i think on the cover we promised uh, uh i think <laughs> what, what we promised. we're contractually obligated to deliver uh puzzles quizzes and more fun yeah so yeah you know i would i would say it's maybe a little heavier on the quizzes uh th- than the show the show is a nice mix of quiz and story segments maybe yeah. but it's, uh it's it's a lot of good stuff there's also stuff that we can't do on the show visual puzzles yep yep mm-hmm. crosswords uh, yeah. a very cool connect the dots that dana put together um just a lot of awesome stuff and drawings yeah yep. so we've been doing a lot of our original drawings as well yeah. so i mean this is not an insult but i i i hope readers and listeners you guys have this in your bathroom <laughs> i think it was designed it's for that it's designed for a, a nice bathroom read well said yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And for the whole family to enjoy not not at the same time no. i mean no, no, yeah. i don't know i'm not gonna tell you how to run your family's bathroom you yeah. know yeah <laughs> So it is available on Amazon for pre-order now. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we can, have to do it. So we have to finish the book. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be available in September. Yeah, in time for a uh, holiday gift. So it's very exciting. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz. Hot shot. And it's just you two, Dana versus Colin. Mm-hmm. And I have two specific cards. can be random. Okay. okay. One is... One of those doesn't even look like a Trivial Pursuit card. One is uh, TV Trivia on the Go from, oh, uh, from okay. a listener from All a right. while back. All Let's right. see. Okay. okay, right hand or left hand? Left hand. Left hand. It is Trivial Pursuit Genus oh, 4. Okay. All right, here we go. Blue Wedge for People and Places. What European city decided new names were in order for Foul Lane, Stinky Lane, and Bladder Street. <laughs> wow. Foul Lane, Stinky Lane, Bladder Street. Yeah. European. Um, I, London. 
Correct, yeah. it is London. <laughs> Bladder Street sounds so British. It reminds me of Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the street Sweeney Todd was on? They were on Fleet Street. Fleet Street, okay. But just like how... Uh, so it was named bleak. after nouns. It was yeah, real yeah. bleak. Bladder Street. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pink Wedge for Arts and Entertainment. What debut book did Tom Clancy unleash on the world in 1984? Oh. Unleash. Is that a clue? The first. Something <laughs> with the dog. So, <laughs> is, so the first Tom Clancy novel. Yeah. Right? Uh, Interesting. The first. Well, I mean, man, I mean, if, if it's based on the movies. Is right. It? Yeah, I don't know. Like, where was The Hunt for Red October in the sequence? Um, uh, Patriot Games. Danny, you want to take a guess? Clear and present danger. Well, that is a tough. That's, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. That's yeah. It is the hunt for Red okay. October. Okay, all right. Was that the first Tom Clancy movie? I think well? so. I believe it was. was. What year was that? Ninety. Oh, we 90? just had 91? this at Pub Quiz yeah, the other trivia. night. We got it wrong. Yeah, we really. Did. And then we were trying to use Chris's encyclopedic knowledge of movies from 1992 to help us figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Turns out we were one year off. It was 1990. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Yellow Wedge for history. Who was dubbed Lenin's left leg during the early stages of Russia's Marxist movement? Oh, interesting. Um, um, Dana? Trotsky? That's who I would guess, too. Incorrect. Mm, oh. That would have been my guess. It is Joseph Stalin. Oh, okay. Oh. Guess that's the other. Yeah, that's yeah, other <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Lenin's left leg. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like a compliment. <laughs> doesn't you know? Right? It's kind of weird. All right. Uh, brown wedge for sports and nature. Sorry, not sports and nature. Science and nature. Okay. Uh, what freshwater mollusks produce red or pink colored pearls? Freshwater mm. mollusks. Red or so, like some special kind of oyster, pearl? then, or just snails. Is it just looking for oyster, do you think? It's not oyster. Oh, okay. It is mussels. Oh, mussels. Okay. okay. I don't know. I, I didn't even know huh. they I didn't know pearls. mussels oh. produced pearls. Yeah, they totally do. I was looking up pearls the other day for our book. And did you know that the inside of pearls is often parasites, like worms? Oh. That's the inside of a natural pearl. Yeah, because it often... irritates them, yeah. right? And then it just I mean, I knew it was like grit or sand. I didn't know that they could do out. parasites, it's too. It's almost never sand. Ah. They're very good at getting the sand out. It's like out. a jawbreaker. Yeah. The parasites burrow a little hole in their shell and get in there. Ooh. So sometimes it's a snail that's in there. Sometimes huh. it's a fish. And when you when they um, put a hole in a natural pearl, like brown ooze comes out from the yeah. decay. <laughs> parasite. And I was like... It's what's left of the corpse. Yeah. Gross. They don't Ew. tell you that in the Tiffany's ass. They don't. Yeah, yeah, they don't tell yeah, you. Yeah. It's a big pearl. <sighs> trying to keep that knowledge I wonder if you can x-ray pearls. I'm sure you can. See what, what, I'm sure you can. Most of the time, it's a worm. I always thought it was like sand or something. That, that's that's such like a horror movie. Yeah. It's a sand. That's oh a my, nice it's story. alive. <laughs> it was alive, and now it's just dead brown yeah. ooze. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question for Sports and Leisure Green Wedge. What NFL season was dubbed Jerry and Jimmy's Last Roundup? Oh, geez. Okay, so it's a it's a reference it's a to it's a reference oh. to Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. So I'm guessing Four Dallas Jays. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, wow. Last I'm guessing if all of this is correct, they're guessing like the last year that Jimmy Johnson coached the Dallas Cowboys. Man, uh, 90, 94? I don't know. God, you're so close. Yeah. One year off. Oh. What was it? 93. 93. Wow. Okay. Good. Okay. Jo- wow. Still impressive. Yeah. yeah. Still impressive. All I right. didn't even know who that was a reference. Yeah. 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 A lot of J yeah. names. Yeah. A lot of J names. Yep. Uh, 
Uh, last question, wild card, orange wedge. What European country's drivers were the first to fill up tanks with a scented gasoline called Fruity Vanilla Super? What? Oh, whoa. A scented gasoline? Germans. Fruity Vanilla Super. Sure, I'll go in with Germans. Germans Why not? Are, are they are they that silly? Are the Germans uh, frivolous enough to have? Oh, they're so sciencey. Yeah, it maybe just... or French because French vanilla. All right, it is I not like... Germany. It like, is France. I like France. Okay, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. I, I, need, <laughs> I need to read more about this. Yeah. I mean, it has to also smell like gasoline. You can't. Cover you know, it's it up. this is I just mean, to get kids interested in gasoline. Yeah, it's it's such a transparent. Yeah. Why do I pick a food flavor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah why, I don't want my. I want to drink it. It's yeah. not so like, like ideally, if your car is in good operating working condition, you don't smell the gas as you're driving. That's a problem. Wow. Yeah. All right. Good job, brains. So today is episode one hundred and eighty-one. One eight one. And it's uh, not very common that we have a, a palindrome yeah. uh, number for our episode number. So um, I decided to re- revisit one of my favorite things that we talked about on the show. And I was like, oh, a while ago, I think it was in our music episode. And I was like, well, are there audio palindromes where you say something? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, because Colin, you had like a whole section on bask- mm-hmm. ma- back masking, mm-hmm. playing things in reverse. Mm-hmm. Are there any palindromes that you say... And when you play it in reverse, it sounds like the same thing. We found a couple. And before. what was the name for them? Was there a special name I think it's for just it? Audio, audio palindrome. Yeah, or okay. Phonetic oh, okay. Palindromes. Okay. Um, we did a couple. We did three on the show, and I believe it was New Moon, Work Crew, mm. and Ominous Cinema. Ah. And Ominous Cinema did in reverse sound like Ominous. Right, Ominous right, right. Cinema. I remember. Yeah, and you oh. reversed it, right? Yeah. The other ones sound kind of alieny. Like, yeah. It was like new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like new moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I have another batch. Oh, of all right. Palindromes. Um, I want you guys to read out. I wrote on a piece of paper. Uh, read out what your phrase is, and then we'll play it backwards and see if it sounds like the original. <laughs> okay. All right. Or does it sound like crazy alien language? And I have a long one. Your caught talk, Roy. Like I guess a person called Roy. I feel Roy. like Roy sure. always turns up when you play something backwards. Boy, boy. Boy. Yeah. All right, let's let's play it backwards and let's see how it sounds. No. No. That's your No, that's that that is that was indecipherable. I think the your and Roy maybe it does work. Does work. Something. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. The, the very beginning and the very end. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Dana, y'all lie. Y'all lie. <laughs> <laughs> y'all lie. <laughs> like a ghost. <laughs> oh, let me hear that again. Hear, yeah. Y'all lie. <laughs> All right, Colin, you have funny enough. And then this is a funny enough. Funny enough. Funny enough. <laughs> Ooh, that's I like, pretty good it sounds like it sounds like real words at least yeah fun enough let me hear it again fun enough oh but it sounds like good. fun enough that's yeah. not funny yeah it does enough. it does i bet i could get that better with a little practice well, yeah, yeah. You say funny <laughs> enough. enough oh okay yeah. well that's the winner that that's was good yeah Nice. Funny enough. enough. Fun enough. (laughs) I just want to loop it and turn it into a song. Thank you guys for participating. That was fun. All right. Thank you for finding those. And so today's show, 
it's been a, it's kind of weird that we've done four years and never did a topic on this. Um, we decided to do a, a whole episode on brain. Our show is Good Job Brain. We, we each have, have one. I mean, we've talked about <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, there's one for the three of us. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. We yeah. share. We one. share it. And we we talked about a lot of cognitive stuff before, uh, but never a whole episode dedicated to brains. So today, yeah. it's Good Job Brain. Oh, why? We'll tell you why. The ocean's near the shore. I could think of things I never thought before. And then I'd sit and think some more. I would not be just a nothing. My head all full of stuffing. My heart all full of pain. I would dance and be merry. Life would be a ding a dairy if I only had a brain. So when we settled on the topic of brains. Brains. <laughs> My first thought, I have to admit, was zombies. Like, did I want to do something with zombies and brains? You know, and then it was like, what, if I could get into the science of, well, a zombie wouldn't actually want your brain because... <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm saying, like, that's that's kind of my point. It's like, it's just you know, conjecture. A little, a little off topic, but I do like talking about uh-huh. things as if they're real. Uh-huh. Yes. And me and my friends, we were debating... How do fairies reproduce? Do, do fairies reproduce like birds? You need to write a book because you had mermaids yeah, also mermaids, and how yeah. they reproduce. Or do they reproduce like, you know, like uh, I would assume fairies are more eggs, like insects. They're more like insects. Do you remember Thumbelina? Like she grew she From was a, a flower. plant, right? Yeah. And then uh, I she wasn't it, a fairy, but the fairies gave her to the people. So maybe that's how, like. <laughs> from a little peapod. And I think that's like more more bug like how they lay their eggs in the in the in a plant or something. I mean it's all yeah. magic, but yeah, you're fascinating. Anyways, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah go you. on. No, please go on. Yes, yes. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Why would zombies? We'll explore the topic of zombies and brains maybe on brains part two. No, that the second thing that came to mind, and I immediately decided I want to talk about this, is uh, one of my favorite uh, stories from history is about a man who you may have heard of. Uh, a man named Phineas Gage. Don't and know. it's a great, very it's like kind a of Harry Potter name. Yeah, or like or a like Jules a Verne, Jules Verne. Yes, it sounds <laughs> what? like a, a jeweler's tool. What kind sort. of gauge is it? It's, it's a Phineas. It's gauge. a Phineas gauge. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys haven't heard of him. Uh, let me show you a photo here. Actually, this is a daguerreotype, strictly oh. speaking. This is a photo of Phineas Gage, oh. um, and he's you know not a bad looking. He's holding a gun. Young that? man. Yeah. What is he holding there? In his hand. It kind of looks like maybe a, a, a harpoon or yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. spear of some kind. It's like, like a pointy bow staff. Why is, is his he face winking? all weird? He, his face is a little weird. He's not winking. His his left eye is actually stitched shut Whoa. Um, in an accident that he had. You know, with he's, a big, he's with an a big weapon. person overall. I would say objectively he's a tr- He looks like Christopher attractive. Reeves. Yeah. yeah. I, he looks like an actor. He does. Like, it, almost yeah. looks like, it almost looks like in a movie where they got an actor to see sit for the photo of the character. Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you about Phineas Gage. In the 1840s, he made his living uh, as a foreman on a blasting crew, okay? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, with with using gunpowder to blast away rocks. Oh, okay, okay. For, like, railways and things like okay. that. And as a kid, I remember seeing a, uh, a video reenactment of his, of his life and the accident that cost him the vision in his eye. And what happened to Phineas Gage is that he had... The thing that he's holding there, which is a large metal rod, okay. flew completely 
in one side and out the other side of his head. Oh, oh my God. Why is he posing with it? <laughs> well, look, Karen, hey, man, if, if something flew through your head and you lived to tell about it, wouldn't you want to kind of carry it around as a trophy? Yeah. So this is one of my all-time favorite stories. He is, he is a trivia legend. Uh, I first heard about him, I think through Ripley's believe it or not. It was one of these really super fantastic kind of things. I have here, uh, some gruesome, uh, you know, uh, illustrations of Phineas Gage's skull, you know, which of course was examined after he passed away. Uh, there is a hole right through the skull where the rod passed. And he survived. So, Yeah. yeah. So let me tell you about what happened. So as I say, he was a foreman on a blasting crew, uh, and in the 1840s, he and his crew were clearing some rock away. They were working in Vermont, and he was using uh, what's called, uh, it looks like, you know, as I say, it looks like a javelin, almost. It's a long metal rod. Uh, It's called a a tamping iron. Tamping, like to tamp down something. And the way they would blast away rock is they would uh, drill a hole into a rock, put some powder in, um, tamp down the powder, put in like a filling agent like some earth or clay or sand, something like that, tamp it down a little bit more. Clear, clear the people out of the way yeah, yeah, and then yeah. blow the rock. Um, that's, how, that's what they do to whales. That's oh, <laughs> or like the, be- the, the dead whales. Right, right. So the, the details of what led up to the accident are, are a little unclear, but he, w- he had his partner. They were drilling a hole in the rock, putting in the blasting powder. He was tamping down the powder and he, he, he turned away to look or talk to someone else at the crew and it gets a little hazy from here but what happened next was the powder went off possibly prematurely uh, possibly there was a spark in there oh. while the tamping rod was still in the hole oh. and while he Phineas Gage was standing directly in front of it and the blast shot the rod directly back out of the hole directly up under his chin up through the top of his head and out the other side landing oh. some oh. some good get, distance away it didn't get stuck in there it just cleanly like went through his head he sat on the ground they say he kind of just twitched a little bit sat up was 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 by all accounts conscious yeah he could talk but he was acting a little funny you know as you might yeah yeah, you know so like his entire work crew was like oh my god this guy just had a spike blasted through his head through his brain you know uh blood everywhere little bits of brain matter everywhere but he was talking and alive you know so they load him up on the cart and they bring him in to get medical attention you know the best medical attention they can at the time so what year was it? What this time was 1848. Was it? Okay, so 1848. Not like modern medicine is not that. No. It's you know, it's it's like right in the period when the medicine was modern enough to save his life. Okay, you good. know, but we're talking like Civil War era medicine, no, basically. Right. That's a great question, Dana. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the germs alone. It's amazing that this guy lived after this, like not just in the moments after, but in the weeks and months and and some years after. So they loaded him up on the cart, took him a mile back into town where they got, you know, Dr. Cabe looked at him and basically is like, holy crap, son, you got a hole in your head. Yeah. Because if I were a doctor, I'd be like, I've never seen this. What yeah. do I do? Right, right. And so now this is where, so remember I told you I had seen a video reenactment of this when I was a kid. So at this point in the video reenactment, um, the doctor, this is like, I was just like wrapped as a child. The doctor puts his hand no. <laughs> under Gage's chin 
puts his other hand in the top of his head and can reach no, in no, his head and you. touch his fingers together. Why you. would he do that? <laughs> yeah. What a bad doctor. It's like yeah. the moment he dies. Right. Yeah, he's germ. <laughs> As I say, he could he could talk, he could walk. Um he he did lose vision in his left eye. Okay. You know, okay, fine, you That's know, right. some, yeah, some damage. Um it, it appears by all accounts, I mean, most physicians today they look at the damage and they're like, "Oh, his his frontal lobes were just totally destroyed." Okay? Like just okay. just obliterated. Uh-huh. But, you know, that part of the brain wasn't responsible, isn't responsible for a lot of the types of sort of functions that they were testing him for. You know, so you could kind of look at him and be like, "Okay, yeah, he's generally okay after this." You know, because he can walk and talk and, you know, remembers his name and things like that. So the story that I was always taught was that, like, right from the get-go, things were different. He was just like, oh, he isn't the same Phineas anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had heard that there was, like, he reverted almost to, like, an animalistic state. You know, people Mm. were like, oh, it's it's severed the part of his brain that made him, you know, a civilized man. Yeah. In recent years, more recent historians have shed a lot of light that that probably was not true. That, you know, again, he did have his frontal lobes just shattered. So it is going to change him a little bit, but that the thinking now is there's probably, you know, given an amazing turn of events and enough luck that he couldn't sort of resume a functional life after oh, all yeah. and not actually be just this sort of half man beast. And indeed, you look at the man in that the photo that I showed you guys seemed like a perfectly respectable guy, except for the weird habit of carrying around a metal spike that flew through his head and having his eyes sewn shut. There was a great article on Slate.com uh, a couple years ago by Sam Keen, who Karen oh, wrote the, the Disappearing, Disappearing Spoon. Spoon. Yeah. yeah. And other great um, historical science mm. books. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it, it, even if you think you've heard about Phineas Gage before, I encourage you to go, go find this article. It's a really interesting read about what has happened to the legend of him in the later years. And, and I'll, I'll make a very long story short for you guys, which is that, you know, historians today have made any number of attempts to kind of reconstruct the exact path that the rod took through his skull. You know, and I'll show you here a photo really quickly. Okay. Is it growth? Yeah, I mean, it's a skull. Oh, okay. It's like a... Oh, okay. So here's his skull, which is currently in the Harvard Medical oh, uh, wow. School uh, repositories. And you can see, I mean, it... it there's man, it, there's it. a hole in the guy's skull. Yeah. So they've tried to do, like, you know, computer reconstructions and dig... You know, we're never going to know. We're never going to know exactly what part of his brain was destroyed. Not just by the rod, but by bone fragments and yeah, whatever chunks of rock. The, the gunpowder. Yeah. You know, whatever infections he may have had. It, possibly I mean, doctors sticking their hands yeah, down there. Yeah, like, all right. Doctors like... bowling ball. Probably didn't yeah. He's like, yeah, if you cough up an engagement ring, uh, that's... Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um... So, yeah, so Sam Keen, like, doing some really good research here, basically, found out that in his later years, Gage, um, you know, he recovered enough to live a reasonable life. He moved to Chile. He became a, a, a coach driver, you know. And, I mean, like, his point is that if somebody who was reduced to sort of a, a weird quasi-human state would not be able to go and take on a new life. And, and drive. And drive a coach yeah. and do things like that. Yeah. Um, he did He did eventually – I mean, he didn't live long. He was only in his 30s when he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he died died actually uh, not far from here in San Francisco, California. Oh. Yeah, so even though he's... From what? Do we know? Uh, yeah, he, he had had a seizure uh, oh, in 1860. Um, you know, entirely possible the seizures were related to the accident. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, he lived 
12 years after a spike <laughs> flying through his brain with well, 1848 medical technology. Skull and, yeah. and I doubt they plugged it up. Oh, you know? man. There are some crazy stories about what he would do. Like, so apparently, so like it, it healed over well enough. I mean, oh, okay. and they had to do, a, okay. uh, they had to remove a lot of debris, you know, oh, to clean him uh-huh. up. I'm trying to keep this as uh, yeah, yeah. un stomach turning as I can. But apparently, like, almost as like a party trick or a novelty, like in his later years, like you could part his head and you could see like the, the his. His scalp pulsating like below because there was no there was no bone right there like it was just flesh and skin yeah an interesting party trick to be sure Sure. Um, yeah (laughs) and like if you walk I mean if you walk into a party and you're carrying a metal rod you know you're gonna ask that guy hey uh, what's up with the metal rod buddy yeah so peacocking uh, man yes and then he shows you the man it's like he needs some attention (laughs) he's like the ultimate definition of hey man walk it off yeah Yeah, like he when he was getting treated at the doctors like he was telling him he's like oh yeah you know i want to get back out to the blast site as soon as possible no (laughs) No, son you're gonna be off the job for a few weeks at least yeah (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, you may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, And was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MKUltra? Wait, what? (laughs) Anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. Wow, so almost on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to brains i wanted to talk about photographic memories like when i was a kid i was really into the idea of having a photographic me too me too you could look at self-selected group you guys probably (laughs) you could look at a page and like just look at it and then you remember you can remember every word that's on the page and how it's arranged exactly and i mean i don't have a photographic memory do you could you guys do it? Uh, no. no, but I, I, I was have, just like you. I was fascinated. I have with a the very idea. good memory, like visual yeah. memory. Yes, but, but I wouldn't say it's photographic. No. Well, I'm hope I'm hoping you're going to get here. But like I like when I was a kid, I totally believed it was real. And as yeah. I got older, I had less and less belief in it. So all right, let me t- let me tell you about photographic. Okay, all right. all right. Apparently, there's only been one person, one person in the world who has been uh, who has claimed to have a genuine photographic memory. Okay. There was a professor at Harvard in the 70s, late 60s, 70s, named uh, Charles Strohmeyer III. And he was really interested in uh, memories and, and uh, finding somebody with a photographic memory. And there was a teacher there, an art teacher that he called Elizabeth in his research. And she had a photographic memory, like she could recall poems and other languages that she didn't understand and be able to oh. like write them. She could... That's um, a good test. 
She could uh, recall images perfectly and draw them. Whoa. She could. So his test, though, he took stereographic images, which are images made up of little dots, and you look at it with your left eye, you look at it with your right, and mm. it kind of looks 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would show her with one eye one of the images, then wait a period of time, a few minutes, show her the other one. She could remember the dots from the first image, huh. 10,000 dots. From the first image. Oh, my God. And from the second image. Interesting. And put it together. Really? know what the 3D object is. And when you look at it by itself, it's just dots. You right. cannot read it. There's She's not, 10,000 she, she of them. She couldn't, like, take a shortcut. And, no. Wow. So he tried, like, oh, well, wait a day between them. We'll show one eye, one of them, wait a day, show that she could remember it and do the 3D. They got up to, like, a million dots in four hours, like, show a, a million dot image. He, like, rotated them sometimes. And she would know that it was rotated and turn her head and see it. Whoa. Um, sounds too good to be true, a real right? person. Too good to be true. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> So, so people were like, that's fascinating. Uh, can we meet her? He married her and never let anyone interview her. Again, she never was researched again. <laughs> he published this article. I'm going to say that sounds a little fishy. I mean. What? Canadian, really? Canadian supermodel. <laughs> well, like, yeah, he he, made, he published it in Nature. I I believe she existed. Nobody nobody says that, that okay. Elizabeth. Okay. Not somebody that he married. He did marry her, yeah. but then no one was ever allowed to mm. test her again. And she is the only one they have ever found in the world. And they've done they've done newspaper things where millions of people yeah. have tried. Like no one has else has ever had the superpower close. to do this. The yeah. fact that the fact that they won't let other researchers test her yeah. that's like the biggest red flag for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, cuz it's like then then you make money off of like going on speaking tours and, you know, going hmm. to different universities and I holding mean, symposiums and stuff. And that didn't happen. I mean, that's People would be able to learn so much from her because the human brain doesn't work that way. Like the way we look at photographs yeah. is, is different. It's impressionistic. Like, we don't like. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of memory. There, there is such a huh. thing as eidetic memory, right. and like if you if you Google photographic memory on Wikipedia, it just redirects you to eidetic memory, right? Right. Which is not photographic memory. Oh, I was always told those those were the same thing. No. Oh, okay. It's the closest humans have to oh, okay. photographic memory, but okay. it's, it's not actually. Oh, but eidetic memory is real. It is real, yeah. real. Uh, basically, pre-adolescent children have it, like 6 to 12, are, are mostly the people who have it. It's not a lot. It's very few children. Maybe one or two adults have ever had it, something like that. Really? Like, it's a very, it's usually kids And how do they it. how do they define identity? Yeah, what is yeah. it? So, it's basically, the way they test for it is you are looking at an easel, they put a picture on the easel, you look at it for 30 seconds, they take the picture away, and then you're recalling the picture that was there. The problem is they don't have perfect recall of the image when they're doing that. And if they blink or if you, like, distract them a bit, they like, it'll go away and they won't be able to remember it at all. Mm. And it's like they just took a, a snapshot in their brain yeah. maybe for a moment of what it was. It's not photographic because it's not precise and it doesn't last forever. And Got it. It's, it's not like Elizabeth with her, you know, 24 hours memorizing yeah, 10,000 10, dots. No, no, no. There's also a thing called hyperthymesia which is also known as highly superior autobiographical memory. Hmm. So people remember everything that has happened to them in their oh, lives. Oh, okay. I've read about people who, who, who claim to have this experience. Yes. Yeah. So there was a woman who had that, and she 
she was asked about like the day that the MASH finale aired, and she knew exactly what day, wow. and she could, she could remember the weather. There's some thought that maybe this is just like a part of an obsessive-compulsive memory. Just, like You just remember everything. You're always going right. over it with yourself yeah. right, and reminding right. yourself. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but there are, there are some pe- people who are, have amazing memories. That's, that's the other thing I've unearthed with this. There's the, um, yeah, the World Memory Championships. Yeah, I was just going to say, those. yeah. And those are, I mean, you put you up on stage and you don't know what they're going to tell you, no. right? Yeah. So uh, last year... It's like the memory games. <laughs> yeah, it is the memory. So those people use mnemonics. Like they have... That's different from or photographic memory. memory. Yeah. Yeah, they, they have, have a memory. Ways. It's like Sherlock or something. Yeah. yeah like they ha- they're they making a picture of it. There are books about how to, how to develop your memory and become much better at it. Last year, an American won the World Memory Championships. Ooh. USA. Um, USA. That's right. I was got to bring it. So... <laughs> So Alex Mullen had one hour to memorize as many numbers as he could. He got 3,029 digits after staring at it for an hour. That's bananas. He could recall... Yeah, you just you yeah. just wired differently. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You figured out how to organize your brain amazing. in such a way that you can. That's just amazing. That. There's, I mean, they have all sorts of things like spoken numbers, like you hear them and then you have to say them back, or cards, like you have to remember the order cards come out, and people get into the thousands or. It's like a, it, they're athletes. They call them memory athletes. <laughs> oh, that's cool because they are. It is yeah, like yeah. Memory games. Actually, I saw um because um, we talk we love talking about Rubik's cube and, and speed cubing. Yeah, there's another mo- another mode of competition. They give you and I saw a video of a kid. They give you a scrambled Rubik's cube and you look at it. And then for like maybe like two minutes, and then when you're ready, you put blindfolds on and you basically solve the the cube. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. right, yeah. That's crazy. And it's like because you can't feel the colors; you just have to memorize what move, what move, what move. Oh my goodness! There was stuff where they thought um, chess players, expert chess players, maybe had photographic memories because they could remember every move that happened in the game. Hmm. But then they were like, "Well, what if we make it move in patterns that don't match the rules of the game?" And they couldn't do it. Very. Oh, much interesting. More. Yeah, so it's like the, it, it is was a, a domain-specific yeah. knowledge. Yeah, I had a friend uh, in college who, cleaning out the house, I think that they lived in, they found an old like improve your memory kit or something from the seventies, and so they're what like was it? on a lark. He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to try this." Yeah, Listen, all I remember is that one of the techniques they had, and it, you know, it was it was fairly reasonable stuff. It was just it's a skill you have to learn techniques. So like the technique I remember they had was. Um, the house technique. So you imagine you're trying to remember, I don't know, a list of 30 things. So you, you set yourself up in a house that you oh, know. Oh, memory palace. So yeah. you go into a room, there's on the wall, it's on this, the, yeah, yeah, same kind of thing. And, and you have to practice. Like, you do have to practice. Have to visit your house. Like an athlete, you yeah. have to put in the time training. There's a book um, by another Slate author named uh, Jonathan, or Joshua Fower, F-O-E-R. Mm. It's called... Uh, moonwalking with Einstein. With Einstein, yeah. Mm. And that was his mnemonic for remembering cards because he was imagining like a diamond gloves yep. and a penny loafers. And, and like, it's every yeah. everyone's different. Every yeah. mnemonic is different. All right. Well, I'm happy to hear. I'm happy to hear that. Like it's photographic. That you're yeah. It's just like, I mean, I guess I was wasting time as a kid, but yeah. yeah. It sounds so glamorous. It does. Well, well, photographic yeah. memory. Yeah. Oh, like in like spy movies or something like that. You know, it's be like, oh, she saw the map once and it's in her head. Yeah. The, and, yeah. Idea, the idea that you can basically your head is like a camera. And yeah. Store pictures yeah. at any given. moment. It's so appealing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. They also found though that people who had like eidetic memories or whatever, like 
are not more intelligent than normal people. Like it, it doesn't have to do with your like synthesizing the information. You can just recall oh, it. Okay. Yeah. So so I was like, oh, you don't feel so bad. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know, Scrabble yeah. players. It's not like they know the, the you know Scrabble definition players. Is, yeah, they don't yeah. know the definition. A lot of them don't even speak know. English. Yeah, they just memorize all the yeah. words. Yeah. Very cool. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Um, so when we talk about brain, uh, the first thing that came to mind was not zombies, but um, I was scarred for life as a kid. Indiana Jones, <laughs> Temple of Doom. <laughs> the monkey oh. brains. There is a scene where they're eating dinner. I, I believe they're in some <laughs> exotic local. Pancot Palace. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Some some exotic place with exotic food. And there was a food where there was like a, they serve snakes and they open up the snakes. A bunch of baby snakes come out and <laughs> eat it. Um, there was like a soup with a with a goat eyeball that floated so to the top. Gross. I forgot all of these. Yeah. Really? It was just Except like one after the other. The one thing. The one thing yeah. that just when I, t- when I think about brains, I just think of... As dessert in the movie, <laughs> yeah. it was chilled monkey brain. <laughs> and it was like a head of, I mean, obviously now when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, that is so fake, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like a, a monkey head, and then you open up the little scalp, and there's like, you the know, skull you scoop, cap yeah. comes yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, you know, and like, I, I remember like in the movie, it made like a little like sound yeah, too. Yeah, it was like, ah, oh, I got it. No, it's I can't. Jelly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then like, I realized. There's so many different movies talking about the, the the idea of eating monkey brains. There's another uh, Clue, Clue. Mm. It was it was a, a plot device in in the movie Clue with Tim Curry where they talk oh, about I forgot about that eating monkey brains uh, in DC because that's like a, a Cantonese a Hong Kong delicacy. So I was like, so here's the thing. I believe people do eat monkey brains because a lot of us eat animals and you eat you know a lot of people like like a pig you eat all of the animals yeah. including the organs and 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 mm-hmm. you know and brain tongue. i just I, I just believe that humans have eaten every part of every animal yeah. at some point for survival <laughs> right um and so so i decide to look into eating is that a real dish okay um okay I'm gonna guess. Yes. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess yes, but not in the way that it was shown in Indiana Jones. Yes, okay. you are correct. There are a lot of tribal diets that consist of eating an animal, and that includes eating the brain, all of it, right? Yeah. Eating all of it, and this is not just in Asia. This is not in the Middle East. Also in Africa, just different because mm-hmm. that's what they need to eat to survive. High um, protein. Yeah, hunter gatherer, yeah, okay. um, high in fat. There is no written document. That, that that any restaurant has served a dish okay. with oh. monkey brains. Okay. There isn't, you know, there might be like folklore that gets passed down. A lot of like online 
chain email, you know, sure. uh, urban legends that, you know, the Chinese do this. And, and it's like a, a really gruesome operation where they take a live monkey and then the <laughs> guests strap the monkey down and you like beat the monkey with a hammer. <laughs> like, and well, you're why, like, who would do this? Like, this? Yeah. Is, this is not a real recipe. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. that is a very, very uh, uh, widespread, you know, mm. this coupled with with movies and depiction and Indiana Jones are like, oh, this must happen somewhere. But no, that seems like that's an urban legend. And yes, there may be cultures that eat it, but there's no, there's no it's not written like a, document. It's not a like, ritualized delicacy. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's not like, like we talked about like the, the Ortolan. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The Ortolan is, right. is, you know, people still practice it. There's docu- documentation on it. That one seems fake, though. The yeah. Ortolan. <laughs> the Ortolan almost seems fake because it was yeah. so ritualistic. Um, and I did find this, and it's so interesting because it's in the Chinese culture, and there is a Chinese like a phrase that we use to describe a really great smorgasbord, like mm-hmm. a really impressive array of food. Okay. That's why we say okay. Man, okay. that party had a real put out a lot of stuff, like a, like a buffet line, okay. like a feast. However, I did not know that this is referencing a real feast. Specifically, this is called. The, the Manchurian Han Imperial Feast. Hmm. In Chinese history, and this is like in the Qing Dynasty, so it's the 1700s, there was one legendary feast that happened over the course of three days. Okay. And it was to celebrate... Um, at that time, China was ruled by the Manchurians from, from the north. And there's also the Han Chinese, which is another uh, uh, hmm. people group in China. And so the emperor, Kangxi, he thought... You know, in order to consolidate like the North and South China, uh, the different powers and bring everyone together. And it was his 66th birthday. He decided to do this elaborate, legendary Chinese feast for his officials, for some of the people in court. And it is just so extravagant (laughs) using and, you know, his thought was. Let's highlight all the different. I mean, China's a big country. There's a lot of <laughs> yes. tribal groups, a lot of ethnic groups. It's almost like a world's fair rolled into a it, feast. It, that's what. That's what I put it. It's like <laughs> a world's feast of Chinese banquet. It's <laughs> it highlighted different cultures' cooking methods, different mm. schools of cooking, yeah. and um, you, there were like 300 dishes. I'm feeling inspired. I'm yeah. Me yeah. <laughs> the meal itself, there there were like 300 dishes, and then there, they had different like facets too so there's like the um you know like eight treasures is a very common chinese saying right eight treasures this eight treasures that there's eight treasures of the mountain eight treasures of the sea (laughs) eight treasures of the you know blah and very exotic weird animal meats used in this so like shark fin okay um and even going crazier um this it has been validated um um it's very poetic it's called snowy palm and i've heard about it in chinese what is that? it's a bear claw oh. because it's gelatinous what? like the, the you eat the bear paw it's like gelatinous it's kind of like pig's feet wow um, one of them supposedly is a camel hump you know, okay. they cook camel hump because sure. they're like the the, the more desert because they can because they can because they can. So I mean, this is one of the, one of the dishes called for monkey brains. Okay, uh. and um, it's it's actually Jing Yan Huo which means golden eye fire brain. Um, so some say, so, yeah, very poetic. Some, not to oversell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some say that this is this could be monkey brain. Some say that could be goat brain. It could be some other animal's brain. But but you know, some historians say that this was they used monkey brain. And this is probably hmm. the only time in actual official records that said that 
at this kind of restauranty mm-hmm. feast okay. that this was served. Okay. Not like not like a tribe trying to survive and eating. Mm. You know, like in terms of like a, a dish that is presented in a ritualistic way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the sad thing is, because of the Cultural Revolution, a lot of old books historical huh. books and literature got burned oh, and got destroyed right, so this legendary feast like, there's not there, it's almost passed on you know kind of by story right. you know hearsay yeah, yeah, right. and it used to be written down it used to there used to be like ingredients yeah. or talking about the dishes but we don't have like those records anymore and so now that whole feast has just got, kind of boiled down to our vocabulary as calling something a real mm. nice feast but really it's this legendary of epic proportions that you know <laughs> serve weird things you know not to say that it was the feast that did it but like that <laughs> emperor emperor kangxi he was one of china's most respected and longest reigning emperors yeah. and and maybe his whole world fair feast kind of Worked out. I could totally see, yeah, and that also Reuniting like with trickling food, yeah. down into Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <that laughs> hundreds like, and hundreds of years that, later. You know, yeah, I heard this culture did yeah, this, and yeah. oh, must be monkey brains. I and can see that. If you're gonna have monkey brains, gotta serve it in a head. There was an Italian like a like, softcore porno movie um, that <laughs> had like a very exaggerated um, scene. That is that is that urban legend of like oh they have, there's a live monkey in, at a restaurant oh okay I was wondering where you're oh, going with okay. this yeah yeah are they serving yeah, for yeah. dinner wow and and so that may be the source of uh, a lot of the the urban legend it came from that made up scene in the hmm. movie even the director said that was all fake got it right yeah. like it was foam hammers it was just like a kind of like a weird scene people made up and and, and somehow <laughs> huh. that trickled into like oh this happened for real you know. Uh, um, journey into monkey brains. Can't- I'm happy to hear that it is most likely not a real thing. I'm, I, I think I kind of always suspected that, but yeah. Eating animal brains is not a... That happens. It, it happens. Really happens. It does, yeah. it does. Actually, for a quick story, one of my first projects when I became a, a art director at GamePro... I had to do this this photo shoot photo shoot for a for a story yeah. and it's like the 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 impact on brains from video games and so our photo shoot was like let's get some fake brains and we'll have controllers in them and yeah. we couldn't find fake brains so I was like oh let's see if we can find real brains and like I went to the Chinese market and they sold pig brains yeah like by the bag probably yeah. fairly I, cheap I would imagine that was such a good photo that was a good layout that was a you good did. that yeah. was a good layout yeah cool. very if very you, uh, visceral so you could post it on the website oh, it's yeah, really good yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's my adventure down in uh, Monkey Brain. Chilled Monkey Brain. It still, still haunts me to this day. Yeah, that, that, me that's too. So scary. For me, it's the snakes. But man, that the that snakes yeah, move. that scene was just seared in my memory as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, the snakes it was, move. It was the the skull cap coming <laughs> off. Yeah, like it didn't. You weren't sure. You're like, oh, those are monkey heads, and then the like ha- the top of the head just comes off so perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and the brain's there. Yeah, you're like. <gasps> ah! <laughs> all right woo what a weird episode you guys uh <laughs> so that's our episode on brains uh really went in three different it did directions. it did yeah uh, we covered kind of surprise. all the corners of the globe too um, yeah i uh, hope you learned a lot of stuff about memory about uh chilled monkey brains and about phineas gage and his brain hole <laughs> uh, you can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.